It is a bittersweet symphony here on the morning drive here on Newstalk WVMT. Curtin Kelly here today, and we are back. And we are pleased now to have Lena Greenberg joining us. She is a candidate for Burlington City Council in Ward 5. And, of course, we're having lots of candidates on this week leading into town meeting day, which is only six days away now. Good morning, Lena. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the morning drive. So let's start out as we do with uh, people who are on for the first time on the morning drive candidates. Uh, let's start out, before we get into some issues, with you telling us about who you are, giving us a little bit of your biographical story. Sure thing. So good morning, Kurt and Kelly. Glad to be here. Good morning to folks on the air. My name is Lena Greenberg. I use they, them pronouns. Born and raised in New York City. So happy to be living in Burlington. I live right downtown on uh, in the part of downtown that is in Ward 5, I promise was watching that uh, redistricting with bated breath. I could have ended up in three or five or six. So happy to be a resident of Word 5. Um, I own my tiny little apartment. I um, was very lucky to be able to buy it a, a handful of years ago. And I'm really excited to stay here for the rest of my life. I love my neighbors. I'm concerned about um, affordability and kind of the long-term viability of, of young folks in Burlington. And that, that brings me to run. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Lena, where did you grow up? Where are you from originally? I grew up in downtown Brooklyn in New York City. And uh, you've been, did you say how long have you been here? Um, I've been kind of in and out of Burlington for the last 10 years. Came here originally for UVM um, about a decade ago and then left, finished my degree in New York City, realized I wanted to study cities, um, notoriously challenging to study cities in Vermont. Um, so left, came back, left, came back. I farmed elsewhere in the state. Um, my partner lives in Richmond. Um, so I've been around for a long time and I, I was able to purchase my apartment two years ago. So I've been in my spot for, for the last two years. And what do you do? What is there? Do you have a do you have a job? What do you what do you do? Yeah. So most of my work is community based, most recently running food assistance programs in Burlington, um, helping folks folks meet basic needs. I made the map of free food in Burlington. It's really important to me to help people kind of get through the day and also think about those those larger systems that make it make it harder um, to, to meet your basic needs. So really thinking about food and, and shelter and making sure that, that people are OK. That's my that's my work. Actually, before I go to you, Kelly, um, what made you decide that this year that you were going to run for city council? Sure. So I've been on the NPA steering committee in Ward 5. It's been a real pleasure to work with my neighbors and kind of see what happens when we get together and try to figure things out. Um, I have been going to council meetings as well for for quite a while and watching the council get caught up in ideas that are so politicized to the point where we can't seem to get work done. I see that we owe it to the people of Burlington to deliver on issues like affordability um, and public safety. And I'm not seeing the action on the council. I bring a level of ambition and a sense of urgency um, to addressing these problems. And I feel really connected to my neighbors. And that made me want to want to serve them. So you're right on uh, the edge of downtown. Um like in the King Maple general area yep. neighborhood there. Cause that, that uh, ward is definitely divided, but that area is divided between eight, six and five, I think. So you talked about working in the area of food insecurity. Do you, uh, are you running a particular nonprofit doing that or what, what's actually, actually can you tell us a little bit more about that job? Sure. So until recently, I was at the Intervale Center um, running food distributions around town and in Winooski as well. Um, I've been helping out with the People's Kitchen um, and actually doing some other consulting. So my work is a little bit more flexible these days. 
I was wondering, uh, you know, I often, I do a lot of work to really deeply understand what services are available in Burlington. We have a service list we're working on that we want to provide to businesses so they know where to tell people to get services. So maybe I, maybe I can send that to you. You can help me make sure I got everything on it. But, um, I often, I often think, basically looking at the service availability, that we do a really good job of addressing food insecurity at Burlington. I'd be curious what you think about uh, that generally, based on your research. Sure. You're absolutely right that there's an abundance of services in Burlington. Making the, the free food map was such a wonderful exercise in you know, calling every church in town and talking to, you know, folks who I work with and, and people at the food pantry and, and really seeing the, the breadth of services that we do offer. That said, there's still so many people who don't know that those services are available. I was just in Decker Towers talking to some folks who, who were expressing how challenging it is to eat healthy food when you're on a tight budget, um, especially when SNAP budget, SNAP benefits were cut, um, in March. People are really struggling with that and, we still have a lot of work to do to connect people with services. And Lena, just to be clear, you're running as an independent. Do do you actually consider yourself a progressive though? Great question. So I'm running as an independent for a couple of reasons and I will just get the elephant out of the room. I was in fact endorsed by the progressives. Um, I'm not trying to hide that. Um, I do appreciate having some camaraderie with people who are in a party and know how to run for office. When you step up to run for office, Truly nobody hands you a blueprint. You got to figure it out yourself. So being, being in, in friendship and in community with other people, um, especially other young people has been wonderful. And I'm running as an independent because that feels true to who I am and what I can offer my community. First, I am accountable to the people of Ward 5 before any party, before any, you know, political framework. So that's really important to me. And then also, I, I can't answer for any party decisions in the past. I have thoughts and opinions about those decisions. I'm happy to talk about them. But I I know that we are in a time of struggle and we need open discourse and communication. And starting from a place of being an independent allows that room. And it, it makes it clear that we can, you know, we can talk openly and, and figure out solutions to the problems we have. And, Lena, I want to go back to something you said at the beginning, which is that the council has become too politicized. Can you... Can you specifically say what you think has become so politicized that it's keeping action from happening on other things you're concerned about? Sure. I think the list is long. I would love to see the council depoliticize good ideas. We need to embrace density um, if we want to address our housing shortage. We need also we need oversight of our police um, if we want to keep people safe and save taxpayer dollars on, on use of force incidents. Um, I know all of these are kind of hot topics. And what I want to see the council doing, you know, not just as a, as a candidate and hopefully future counselor, but also as a resident of Burlington is saying, what do people need? Can we help people get those needs met? And I, and I, I know you said you don't want to speak for what happened in the past, but I do think that people, this has been a campaign where some votes in the past have been talked about because people like to know what a candidate's judgment is and what it might be going forward. And so, for example, I want to ask you about, uh, the, Ballot item number seven from last year, which was because you talked about police accountability, and that was to create a citizen committee or almost a department, really, where citizens would have oversight of the police and it would be taken away from uh, the chief and even from the commission a little bit. Where did you stand on that one? I always appreciate when citizens get together and say, something's not working, we need to try to fix it. So I respect that organizing and that and that work. I know there were hours and hours and hours of conversation that went into that, getting that item on the ballot. That said, it was not a perfect item. And what I see now that we know that that item failed is that 
people wanted oversight and the community led effort looked like the best way to get it. The city council introduced, and in fact, my opponent, Ben Travers, introduced a, a resolution at the city council level that said, you know, we need more public input. Please don't vote for this ballot item. We're going to give you something better. Great. So the ballot item failed. We were supposed to have new charter change language on oversight by June. We did not have that language. We didn't have it until last fall, at which point the website stopped getting updated. And then we started to have language, which was mostly just codifying the what the work of the police commission, plus, you know, a little bit more uh, disciplinary authority for the police commission. And then it wasn't able to get on the ballot because the city council rescinded support for it at the last minute. So I, I want to see us have oversight, um, and that's the most important thing. We don't have it yet. And so had you been on the council, you would have wanted to have that on the ballot in March? Yes. Uh, would you have, Would it concern you at all that the, that the police commission, who is actually supposed to be impacted by this and their, their uh, duties are supposed to be expanded by this, that they had a vote actually saying they don't think they didn't think it was ready for prime time? Yes, it does concern me, and it seems like – you know, if our community is saying we want police oversight and the option we've been offered is that the police commission will will bring that oversight and the police commission doesn't actually want that disciplinary authority and that and that job, then we have an issue. So, sure, let's go back to the drawing board. But we've had time at the drawing board. What's the problem? So I and I know that a number of of commissioners were absent at that meeting. That meeting also was on December 26th. Um, not a great day for meetings. Um, and it it doesn't seem like this was necessarily in great faith that we were not able to get this on the ballot in time. There were commissioners missing. I think there were two or three commissioners. But but even if they'd been there, the commission vote would have been. It, it still would have been that there were problems with the with the with that charter change. Yeah, I'm, there's there's always going to be problems in governance, right? That's the job. Um, and people are asking for oversight, and we keep getting these use of force cases, which are again costing taxpayers money. But, but let me ask you: Do you think yeah. that the progressives? Um, I know you're running as an independent, but you've been endorsed by the progressives. Do you think the progressives in this case were right? In I think it was in December they were deriding that the whole thing had been watered down too much, and they they were not happy, and they didn't really vote to go forward with it even. But then later, when the vote came to put it on the ballot, they voted. They they were mad that it didn't get put on the ballot. It seemed like they were. It was a total contradiction to, from one what they were saying at one point to what they were doing in the what they were saying in the next instance. I don't want to get lost in the sauce of who said what on what date, and you know this person said that. The most important thing is that we need oversight. Every other high stakes profession in this country has oversight, and that's how we keep people safe. So I would like to see us move forward on oversight, whatever it takes. Okay, let me ask you one more, going back one more time, because this has been a big subject of the mayoral race and all across the city, which was the the vote by the council, which was led by progressives, but also assisted by three Democrats to uh, reduce the police force. Some call it defund the police, but it certainly it led to a reduction in the police force by about 40% of our police. And a lot of people feel this has been a, a much of the problem that we face. Not all of it, but a lot of it. What do you think of the decision made by the city council back then? And I know you, some councils, some candidates say, but I don't want to look back. We got to go forward. But I think a lot of people like to know where you would have stood on that because again, it goes to judgment. Even, I mean, your judgment may be right, uh, saying that you think it was the right thing to do. But what's your thoughts on that? Okay, so I I did not say that I think it's the right thing to do. So just yeah, I'm not, yes. I'm not saying you did. I'm saying any candidate totally. Could say that. Yeah, I just want to be absolutely clear. So uh, the question here is, how do we keep people safe? I respect and agree with the idea that we need to diversify our responses to public safety crises. We have a lot of different kinds of public safety needs. 
That said, the idea of reducing the force without also making sure that those other support systems were up and running, I think was, you know, not not the wisest decision. And we're clearly seeing the impacts of that now, given that we have a stronger police contract as of July, what I think July of 2022, and we're rebuilding the force. We have our CSOs and CSLs. We're seeing a, an impact in our in our public safety outcomes. Um, and that's thanks to the, the hardworking personnel who are who are out on our streets and serving the force now. All right, let's go to the phone calls. And uh, all we ask, again, I just like to do this reminder every so often, you can ask a question, a tough question, a passionate question. All we ask is that you make sure you are respectful to the to our guest. So, caller, with that, you are on the air with uh, Lena Greenberg running for city council in Ward 5 in Burlington. Good morning. Uh, the first thing that concerns me is you own a small apartment in Burlington, but your partner lives in Richmond. Uh, it sounds like you're going to be living in Richmond and just using this as an excuse to use what little experience you have in life, which is virtually nothing that cr- helps anybody create wealth, just hand oh. out government money. Okay. You. you will be living in Burlington? I will be living in Burlington. And, uh, I mean, we we have had that happen once or twice in the past where somebody ran and then actually wasn't living. There was a progressive candidate a while back, and there was one quite a while back, but you are... You are committed. You are living in Burlington. I am committed to living in Burlington. I grew up in New York City. I don't want to live in Richmond. I need to be able to walk out my door and get to what I need to get to. Um, and just a friendly reminder to callers to please be respectful. Absolutely. Um, and uh, where do you stand? Where do you stand on the property tax increase? The city has proposed, and the city council has put on the ballot a three cent, what's called public safety tax. There are they are looking at three million dollars worth of cuts that we don't know where they are yet. That we're going to find that out after the mayor's race, I guess, sometime in April when the new mayor takes place, takes office. Uh, what do you think on that? Are you, are you supportive or are you oppose that? So there's two different taxes. I just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. I'm I'm thinking that you're talking about the public safety tax and not right. the school budget, which the, we can the certainly three cent, talk about. The three cent right. public safety. So tax. I'm supportive of this tax uh, being on the ballot. We don't have enough information yet about the city budget to see if we need the tax or not, which makes me have questions about financial management in the city and making sure that you know councilors and voters have the have the information they need to make good choices. Of course, we don't want taxes to go up needlessly. That said. You know, I was able to meet with the fire chief a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, look, we, we have an EMS unit with no budget, and the public safety tax would, would help fund things like that, among you know other things like CSOs, CSLs, bringing us back up to 77 officers um, from our 69. I know that's not the full cap, but it's, it's a good start. Um, that's important. We need to fund city services. All right, let's go back to the phones. Caller, you are on the morning drive with Lena Greenberg running for city council in Ward 5. Good morning, Lena. Uh, might have missed this because I just tuned in. How do you uh, feel about safe injection sites? Are you a supportive of those? And uh, good luck with your campaign. Good question and has not been asked. Uh, so, Lena, tell us about uh, safe injection sites. Sure thing. I have been at Decker Towers a number of times, getting to know my neighbors over there. I live really close by. It's been such a treat um, to you know have the excuse of being a candidate to say, "Oh, hey, let's you know let's get to know each other." I bring them up because the folks in Decker are really on the front lines of you know handling handling people who are struggling with addiction in their hallways, um, people who do not, don't have another place to go. I'm in support of safe injection sites because we need to we need to take a harm reduction approach if we're going to reduce the de- demand for drugs in Burlington. And when we reduce the demand for drugs in Burlington, we start to see a difference in our public safety outcomes. 
Do you think the public safety crisis is real? And I ask you that because we had a candidate on a while back who said that he thought the public safety crisis had been a, become a political football that was inflamed by some people. Do you think it's real? If people don't feel safe, it's real. All right. Um, what, uh, what? How about the housing in the South End? What do you think about the proposal for uh, that uh, increases the housing in South End? Sure. I'm in I'm in support of increasing density. Again, I live basically downtown and I have the wonderful experience of being able to walk to the grocery store, walk to the library. I can see my friends. I you know, I live in this wonderful neighborhood that's full of people. Um, density is a beautiful thing. It's really good for our climate. It's really good for our community not feeling isolated. So I support density. We desperately need housing. And one of the things I love about the neighborhood code, which I think you're alluding to, is that it creates opportunities for people to do small-scale development, which really allows us to maintain the beautiful neighborhood character of the South End, as well as elsewhere in the city, while also increasing housing options. So uh, in your uh, in your policy statement, you talk about uh, the South End Innovation District and uh, taking action to make sure that uh, even more of that housing, I think, potentially is uh, set aside for uh, affordability. I guess. I guess you're saying you would go beyond the current inclusionary zoning. You also talk about uh, the city taking the lead on several social service, um, social service actions to help uh, help people that are in need. And uh, you're talking about the public safety tax. So the pu- cost of public safety would go up. We are already looking at a nine million dollar shortfall this year. You mentioned fiscal responsibility. I'd be curious to see how you think we're going to fund all those programs because, uh, you know, things like rent stabilization and more low income housing do help people that um, that need housing. Social services are great, but all those things really do impact the amount of income that the city gets um, in terms of tax revenue, or they cost money, which is a, a expense burden. So, how do you how do you think that's all going to be paid for and work out with a budget that's already nine million dollars in the hole? Sure, we're waiting on um, a, a really interesting assessment of where we can you know, rake in more money from fees and services and all that good stuff in the city level that will, that will help. We also need to grow the grand list. If we have more people paying property taxes, we'll be in better shape overall and it will reduce the burden on individual taxpayers. I also want to see us draw down more money from the state and federal level and, and work on public private partnerships. I know Evernorth is able to access more money for affordable housing than, for example, the city itself. So thinking creatively about how we can get more money into Burlington to help us pay for this stuff instead of, you know, asking individual taxpayers to shoulder that burden. I think one of the realities, Lena, right now is that federal and state money for the most part is pretty much not going to be available. I think anybody coming into a, a publicly elected seat probably needs to uh, adopt that version of reality. Um, and back to the uh, grand list piece, you can speak to that if you want, but growing the grand list, can you give me an example of a couple of projects you'd like to see move forward? Well, the South End Innovation District certainly is one of those. Um, I know the Gateway Block development is is moving forward at, you know, whatever pace it's moving forward at and hope to see both of those options as well as um, city place and and a real good assessment of you know other op other places in the city we can we can be building housing all as ways to to build more apartments. I want to just clarify too. Were you saying that you th- think that the uh, inclusionary zoning should be that the number of affordable units should be increased past what the what the normal number is? I would love to see that. I recognize that it's incredibly challenging to build housing. 
Let's think about other ways we can build affordable housing. I do believe that the neighborhood code and, and encouraging small-scale development um, that's infill in, in less dense neighborhoods is a great way to say, let's build something small, maybe in partnership with the developer who's already the property owner on a lot, and, and let's work together to, to keep things affordable. Do you think the city council should have put the resolution on the ballot for the town meeting day election next Tuesday that was regarding the Israeli-Hamas conflict? Yes, I do. Again, really respect the efforts of people who get together and say something needs to change. Let's make it, let's make it happen. There was a lot of work that went into gathering those signatures and everywhere else in the, in the state, practically town meeting is a meeting. Um, we get together in a room and we talk to each other and we figure things out. I've heard from city council that what we need is more conversation. Some of that conversation has happened up front in the work to gather those signatures. Um, and then I don't see why conversation and the ballot item have to be mutually exclusive. So do you think anything that people get signatures on should go on the ballot if they get the required number, no matter what it is? I, I respect the the city council's discretion up to a certain point. That certain point I do not believe was reached with this with this item. So uh, people that are Jewish that were concerned about this, that felt threatened by it, uh, did that not concern you? I'm Jewish. I am concerned by consolidation of power and ignoring the will of the people. All right. Lena, thanks for being on the morning drive today. Take a few seconds, 30, 45 seconds, and make your best pitch to the voters of Ward 5 as to why they should elect you and tell them, uh, tell us where they can get in touch with you. Sure thing. Thanks so much. So again, Lena Greenberg running for city council in Ward 5. I'm a neighbor. I'm running as a neighbor and as a good listener. I'm running because I care about the future of our community, our ability to stay here as property taxes continue to go up. Um, the cost of living is not going down anytime soon. Um, the city of Burlington... Burlington can take action to take care of us, and I hope to bring that energy and ambition in balancing short-term needs and long-term change to to keep Burlington livable for everyone. Um, you can find more information about me at greenberg.vote, that's G-R-E-E-N-B-E-R-G dot vote, um, and get in touch. All right, Lena Greenberg, Greenberg, thanks for being on the morning drive today, and good luck in the election next Tuesday. You'll be campaigning right up until the last... Uh... You know I will. All right. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for being so much. On.